You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey everybody, what is happening? I hope it's all groovy wherever this audio file might be finding your ears. Let's see. Today, I don't have too much of an intro for you, which is probably a nice change because I've been blabbing my mouth off in these things lately. But right now, we have a little bit of a calm before the storm, so to speak. So I'll just let you know about a couple things in case you aren't hip to it, and then we'll dive right into the episode. Okay, this part is especially tailored for those of you who are out there that are interested in buying and acquiring new gear, which I'm assuming in this audience would be 150% of you somehow. I'm not sure if that math shakes out, but it makes sense to me. And that is, if you like to support the show and you like to acquire new goods, you just go to ToneMob.com slash Reverb. That will take you to the Reverb that you know and love, where you know you can find all kinds of deals from all over the globe on just about anything you can imagine. Pedals, amps, guitars, keyboards, nose flutes, it doesn't matter. Whatever you're into, it's going to be there on Reverb.com, and if you just use tonemob.com slash reverb. Hit that link. That's tonemob.com slash reverb. That'll take you right to the reverb you know and love. Do all your normal shopping, do everything, and a little bit comes right back and goes and helps support the show and keep the servers humming and the lights on and the microphones hot, which is the most important part. At least I think so anyway. That kind of makes sense. Sure, sure it does. Anyway, so for the rest of you, the the other people who are listening who who think they, they would like some gear, but they might like to try to get it for free. Oh, yes. Yeah, you heard me right. You're playing along with our game, right? All you have to do is you go to ToneMob.com. There's a little tab that says Join the Mob. If you join that, you will be subscribed to the ToneMob newsletter. And I've, yeah, you may have heard about this before, and you may have skipped over this part and kind of got bits and pieces. Listen up. Here's the deal. We're playing a trivia game on there. So if you sign up through that that link there, once a week I'll be sending you an email, and it'll just contain all the updates on Tone Mob goings on, things you might be interested in, yada da yada, new content, YouTube videos, IGTV videos, pedal stuff, just things you you may want to keep abreast about in the Tone Mob land and in, in all the all things Tone Mobbery. And then one of those emails is going to have a trivia question in it about something that was mentioned on the podcast. And the first person to reply to that email with the correct answer gets free stuff. Oh yes, free stuff. Last week we gave away a pedal kit. We've given away pedals, we've given away all kinds of stuff, and there's more coming. So if that sounds like something cool to you, that's where you sign up. Go to ToneMob.com, hit the Join the Mob tab, and it'll be right there for you. Okay, that's it. I'm done. We're going to get right into this episode with Mr. Adam Grimm, one of my favorite people in the industry. Mr. Adam Grimm of Satellite Amps. Great guy, making great products, and as you can see here, rather, he's got great stories. So, without further ado, here he is. Oh yeah, and if you think you hear a band in the background occasionally practicing, that's exactly what you hear. But I was able to knock out most of it, it's not, it's not too much. But if you hear some things you don't know what it is, that's what it is. I think we address it, but I just wanted to note it right here. Okay, on with the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob Podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I am your host, Blake Wyland, and with me today I have, returning long overdue, Mr. Adam Grimm from Satellite Amps. What's going on, man? Woo! 
Nothing really. It's been a it's been a pretty uneventful morning, which is good. Uneventful, except Nothing, for the whole uh, FedEx you know scenario, right? Well, right. Well, we had we had a variety of uh, you know FedEx fiascos, but for the most part, you know, I've been dealing with that for three and a half weeks, so it's finally over. So now that we have we, to make a really long story short, for everybody that's listening, FedEx screwed up. They lost a package. They've actually broke a package in shipping. It was coming back. They lost it for three and a half weeks. Took 31 phone calls. They tried to deliver it to three different addresses, got three different people to sign for it, none of which were the right address or the right people. Uh, and we finally got the package back today. So happy day. Yay. Hooray. At long last. Hooray. And we were to, we were talking about before we were recording, we were trying to figure out who the best shipping provider was, and we came to the conclusion that there isn't one. Right. It the just back is. of my truck. Yeah. Yeah, satellite transportation is the best. That's the best. <laughs> that's gonna add, that's gonna add a lot of shipping costs to all the products. It is, but you Florida, can yeah, guarantee. I can, I, can, I can guarantee being there, but it's gonna take me ten days to get there and back, and hotels and food and side stops and all of that. Yep, gonna have to build. Just build it in. Just build it in. So you were about to tell me a story before we started recording, and then it was like, wait, don't tell me a story now. Let me click this button real fast. Now you should tell me your story. Well, it's uh, years ago uh, when I was in high school, uh, I was part of this group of kids that we, at the time, drugs were very bad. They're still bad. Don't do drugs. Uh, But uh, some kids, uh, I'd been to rehab a couple times, got sober. Uh, They would have us go and speak at, at Schools as kind of a inspirational, you know, give kids stories, don't do drugs, drugs are bad. Um, and in having these discussions, anytime I'm, I'm in front of an audience or uh, anything else, I don't always uh, self-censor myself very well. That's, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right word for it. Yeah. Uh, apparently, when I went and spoke to 2,800 kids at a high school, I dropped two F-bombs in the middle of my speech and didn't realize I did it at all. And it was the last time I was asked to speak in front of an audience. Well, you know, so, you kept uh, it real and that's what those kids needed. Uh, I, I also didn't realize at all that I had done it. And I, when I walked off the stage and everybody was just staring at me with mouths open, wide eyed, like, Oh, mm. Mm. <laughs> I was, and I, I'm just standing there going, what did I do? What? Uh, Okay. Okay. Sorry, guys. So yeah. So I I have gotten slightly better. I'm going to try my best so that I don't offend any younger children that might be listening to any of my stories as I speak. Mm, I see. uh, I see. uh, That's why I'm throwing that out there that I'm going to do my best. And this is why I know I do it. I try not to. It's really, it's therapeutic to me. It's a lot of fun to say. It helps relieve stress. Yeah. And so, sometimes, yeah, we, we actually, sometimes we, you got to get things out of your system, you know, sometimes you do. And we, we did, uh, uh, years ago, a friend of mine was making some shirts, uh, mocking the fender logo and used spelled that word with it instead. And so we eventually made, uh, we took the B off of a basement and, and made logos for the front of the amplifiers. <laughs> this, this seems about like what I would expect from you at this point. <laughs> Seems seems yeah right in right perfectly in line with with what I would imagine you know yeah if you if you see one out there yeah it was us we did it. it's uh, you know 
there's about a dozen of them that exist. Uh, I know where three of them are. I don't know where the other ones are, so they could they could pop up anywhere. It's, uh, I feel like I saw one. Walter recently, Becker. Walter Becker's I... got. Uh, it's very possible. Walter Becker's got one, and you know he passed away two years ago, and they're putting all of his stuff up for auction here in October. It's going to be one of the products, and I, I, I that's actually one of the main reasons I'm going to the auction. Just to watch these people try and explain what it is that they're trying to auction off to a large group of musicians. <laughs> so that, that's an interesting that you bring that up, actually, because Walter Becker is somebody that we talked about a decent amount the first time you were on. Yep. And yep. And Night Bob and that whole thing. Have any of those books came out and I missed it? Uh, where, where are those legendary Night Bob no, stories no. that I'm looking so, for? So, so the Night Bob... The Good Night Bob book that we're all waiting for, he has publicly come out and said it's coming out after he's dead. He's made the arrangements for it. He doesn't want to have to talk to anybody about what's in the stories after it's out. Ooh, that's right. I forgot about that part. You did say, it, you it, did it, say it's, that. It's, 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 it's that good of a book. Uh, I did actually – he told me uh, that he had written a book years ago about microphones, uh, and I hunted it down on Amazon. I actually have a, a Night Bob book. It's hilarious. It, it's uh, – very much somebody offered him money to write a book. And so he did and filled out his X amount of words in the book, but it's very tongue in cheek microphone techniques. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, and it, it does discuss things like cleaning pizza out of microphone screens, things like that. So, well, it's an important it's thing. Good. That's an important skill to have, yeah. especially around here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And sometimes pineapple I hear. Oh, you gotta definitely gotta clean that out. Yeah. You gotta clean that out of everything. Yeah, yeah. Just clean it out. Yeah, there's not a, there's not enough acid to get it off of that. We, we try. <laughs> uh, I did see Night Bob. I saw him uh, about uh, I don't know about three or four weeks ago. Uh, he was out in Manhattan, and I was out there, and we were chatting about stuff. And uh, it's interesting because the auction is coming up, and it, it's there's a lot of people that are asking him. Well, you know, Walter Becker had thousands and thousands of instruments and amplifiers and pedals, and you know. Night Bob's probably the only guy out there that knows which ones are the important ones or which ones are the ones that he used the most. What did he like the most? You know, what's on this record? Uh, you know, and, and there is uh, Julian's who is doing the actual auction. Uh, there's a book you can buy with all of the stuff in it. It's, it's like $100 to buy the book. I probably should, but uh, I'm gonna, Night Bob said he's going to probably, you know, red pen one and write all the stories and circle all the important stuff and then show everybody after the auction to see who got the right stuff and who didn't. Oh man. That's uh he, he seems like quite the character in that, in that way. I've heard a lot of stories Night, about he, him. Night Bob is uh, one of my favorite human beings out there. He is absolutely, uh, he is a no BS kind of guy. He will tell everything as straight as it is. If you make a record and he hand, you hand it to him and it sucks, he has no problem telling you that this record sucks and this is why. You know, and that's just the way he is about everything. It's, you know, if you say this is the best pizza ever, eh, no, it's not. You know, whatever it is, he, he's, he's always very honest, always very straightforward. And he's been around for so long. He has so many stories and it's just, you know, we're talking about, uh, for anybody that doesn't know who Night Bob is, Night Bob is one of these guys that is famous to working musicians, but outside of that, people don't know who he is. He's one of the best uh, front of house guys that ever existed. He's got ears that are phenomenal. Uh, you know, he started off, 
you know, he worked with Johnny Thunders with the New York Dolls. He was working with the Stooges. He was working with uh, Aerosmith when they were starting out. He was doing Emerson, Lake and Palmer. He did Kiss. He did, uh, obviously, he did Steely Dan. Uh, he did Robert Plant. You know, he's doing all this stuff with these phenomenal, and it's all like the perfect eras of these people. You know, it's not that he did like the Iggy Pop reunion tours. It was like, no, no, Iggy and the Stooges, when Iggy's up there, you know, cutting himself with the glass bottles and doing all that. And, you know, they're just starting out and it's just intense in some dive in Detroit. You look in that picture and, oh, yeah, that's Night Bob running the board. That's, oh, there's Night Bob right there by the guitar, you know, because he was there. You know, and, and if he likes you, he genuinely loves you and will do everything he can for you. It's, so I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I, I cherish him as a friend and I'm very happy every time I get to see him. Do you know, and maybe, maybe this is part of the book. I'm not really sure. I didn't really intend to talk about this that much, but Hey, here we are. Do you know where the, the name, this is the way these go? It is. It's called a podcast. Uh, yeah. do you know how he got the name night Bob? And it's specifically N I T E, right? It is specifically N I T E. So at one time, early in his career, he was working at SAR, or like a rental studio place in Manhattan. And there were two guys named Bob that worked there. One was Day Bob, one was Night Bob. Ah, that's it always, you know, it always seems like it, that's, it's something like that at the end of the day. I, I asked him about this and I said, do you know where Day Bob is? And he said, I actually do. We, we, we've, we've found Day, he, you know, found him and he knows where he is. And he's like, I think he works for NASA or something like that in a big scientific uh, thing, but he does not go by Day Bob anymore. <laughs> he's, he's just, just Bob. Bob. <laughs> he's just Bob now. <laughs> nice. Nice. So what's new in Adam's world since we last talked? I mean, I'm thinking out loud here and, and at least on my side of things, I can explain some major differences uh, in the simply in the recording of this podcast that is substantially different from the first time we recorded. And and uh, well, I wonder, I wonder if things are the same for you. So I recorded with you the first time in a little tiny shack right by some railroad tracks at, at my old day job during some downtime. And I'm. I'll have right. to take a picture of this shack. I'll have to. I'll have to go back and like take a picture so people can understand. Like it is small, and it was probably from the 1960s, and just riddled with asbestos. I, I mean, it was Ooh. a. It was a sketchy little. Uh, a little building. I don't know if it had asbestos. Actually, I think they'd done some abatement on it already. But, uh, it was just a really funny thing. And now I'm sitting here back at home, nice and comfy. In the in the shred shed, which didn't I don't think even existed, or it was like still being built when we first talked. So it's a uh, things have changed a lot for me. But what about for you? Uh, I mean, I'm still in exactly the same shop. I've been in this building for 15 years, and I'm sitting down in my we call it the bunker. Uh, it, it's my building is two stories. You walk in on the top floor, and then there's basically a, a, a basement. As much as we have a basement in Southern California. Uh, and this building has just worked out really, really well for us. It's uh, we have a little practice studio that we rent, so occasionally people, there, you know, there's people out there practicing right now. So if anybody hears any, you know, background noise, that's that's what that is. Uh, but it's we've got basically about a 4,500 square foot building that we've been in. Uh, our landlord is extremely nice. She's very generous. She knows what we do. She appreciates what we do, uh, and it's a very affordable, uh, big cement building uh you know uh, last year we moved houses from uh i had been in a little tiny house uh, i'm married i got three kids uh 
and we were in a small house. So last year I kind of took a little bit of time. I was trying to do both, but I really, the, the shop got a little bit of neglected last year because I was helping rebuild a house uh, that we ended up moving into around Thanksgiving. Uh, so that's the big change for me for anything location wise, but the shop is still the same. Uh, in fact, there's, you know, uh, it's, there's always, there's a, uh, there's pictures on the internet. There, there's people that have been here. There's a lot of gear here. There's some of it rotates in and out. Uh, there's kind of an, always a quest for the next, you know, something next story, next piece to play with. Uh, and I think right now there's a little over, uh, I think I'm about 105, 110 guitars, something like that. I should count again. Uh, sold off a couple of the big amplifiers, got a couple of the small ones, uh, uh, put some new stuff around and, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I still I can't believe I still haven't been able to get down there. I think I'm going to do it every every Nam, and then I look at the drive from Anaheim, and I'm like, oh geez, how am I going to pull this? Like, it's going to be an exclusive trip, I think, when it finally does happen. It'll be a uh, yeah that that whole that, thing. that whole hour and twenty minutes is is very difficult. It is because I usually have Nam. I'm so tight, like I'm so tight around Nam. Even getting thirty minutes of extra time is usually not not super in the cards. So that's yeah. I need to actually plan a whole day when I know you're going to be back at the shop and like, like plan it out. Like instead of just thinking I should go to the satellite shop. Oh, not going to happen this trip. Cause that's what keeps happening. Right. Right. Well, you definitely should. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I, what I probably should do is just make an event of it and do it all one evening. There you go. You know, during Nam, you know, Thursday night. Now you're talking that could be, that could be fun. We'll have to talk about this more off the air. <laughs> I like. Yes, we will. I like where it's this. A good idea. I like where this where this is. Anyhow, what's uh what's new with you? Have you have you made any any uh had any experiences that have been you know life changing or just simply kind of cool since since last time? Uh, I don't know about life changing. Uh, you know, it, it's the uh, the shop stuff. There's always stuff on the burner. There's always new things coming out. Uh, you know, we started doing guitars a couple years ago. We were doing the cornets, which we're still doing. We got a new guitar model that's coming out. Uh, that's we kind of hinted at, but haven't quite announced yet. Uh, the main guy that was doing the rough cutting out of our woods. Uh, basically, we're not working with him anymore. We've had a new guy that's local that's doing phenomenal work. Uh, yeah, so that's been on the guitar side of things. That's great. The pedal side of things. Uh, we just did a uh, signature uh, pedal with a guy named Nick Perry called the Sphinx. Oh, for Nick, uh, who nice. Is, uh, he, yeah, yeah. Nick's a lovely gentleman. He had gotten. He actually. So originally, uh, the way that this world works, I had gotten connected with him because of Night Bob. Uh, Night Bob said, "Dude, you should send Nick a pedal. He's a great guy." I'm like, "Okay." And Night Bob, I guess, did sound for Nick's first professional band for their first tour or something. Somehow they were connected. Uh, and then didn't think about it much uh, for probably a year, year and a half. And then one day Nick came into the shop. He was like, oh, I'm playing down the street with this band called Dorothy. We're opening up for Greta Van Fleet and they want to, I, I want to come hang out. So we chatted, he tried some stuff and he bought a pedal and he was like, this is it's an eradicator pedal. This thing is phenomenal, which is our tube uh, preamp pedal. It is phenomenal. Uh, Ask me how I know. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Cause you have one. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so Nick also, you know, his, his primary boost pedal was a real, uh, gold clon. Uh, and we were talking off and on. And as 
musicians tend to do late at night and you know he's on a bus and asking me questions about stuff and we start talking about the clon and why it is and why it has all this mojo and why people think it's certain things and you know saying well this is you know the, the these are the magic parts that everybody's talks about uh you know and this is not the only reason why a clon sounds this way but this is what a lot of people have uh say that you know it's you know it's these special diodes that nobody knows what they are they're doing the clipping that you know that, it's mostly internet stuff of people trying to backwards engineer somebody else's product so nick said well can you do something like that they said you want me to add you know the the clon clipping section to an eradicator he said yeah can we try that I said sure so we threw it on there and then you know changed a couple other aspects of it and kind of gave it a little bit more bass response uh, and that became the Nick Perry signature Sphinx pedal. Wow, that's cool. Uh, and we made we we made we made fifty. Of, well, we're in the process of making fifty of them. Uh, Nick is going to. Uh, I love Nick. He is uh, extremely involved, very hands-on guy, and he is going to actually come down and test everyone, and not only test everyone, going to film the test of everyone, and then sign each one. So everybody's going to get a pedal that he. 100% backs. It's not just like us throwing his name on something and putting it out there. Like you're going to get him playing it. This is exactly what it is. This does. He's happy with it. This is what it's supposed to do. Here you go. That's awesome. That's so, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, brings us to amps, uh, which is cause we are technically an amplifier company. Uh, the big thing we did was the scamp, which was our metal and uh, metal cage enclosed amplifier to make it less expensive. Mm-hmm. For the most part, uh, to make it something that we could compete with, uh, you know, a tiny terror and that kind of stuff. Uh, and the scamp has done extremely well. Uh, we've got, we also figured that we can put a couple of our other models onto the same size chassis. And so we can drop, basically make metal enclosed versions of those same amplifiers. Ooh. So that's good. That's going to be coming out. Uh, basically, we've, the, we've got four of the amps that are going to do it and possibly a fifth. Uh, they also fit in a Pelican flight case, so that means that you can put them in the overhead or under your seat uh, on an airplane. You can carry it on because it fits. Nice. Uh, and they flo- And in the Pelican case, they float my pool. Oh. <laughs> yep. There again, you know, things that I, w- Wait, I would think you would do. That is something I would think that you would do. There you go. The, 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 the Pelican case is, they say that they are waterproof. And so we, we have to try that out before we tell anybody. So we put one in a case. Uh, I have a slide. Our new house has a giant pool, and we have a big slide on it. So hit the water, put it on the top of the slide, and whoosh, dumped it down, and let it float in the pool for a while. Never sank. Nice. Never got wet. Works perfectly fine. Perfect. I love it. In fact, I, th- I think that amplifier is actually out at the guitar store in New York. I think it's that same one. So, uh, <laughs> Did you tell him about that? You know, it, it's, it, no, I, I think I forgot to, but I, I'm going to have to send him the video or something to go along with it to, <laughs> so people can know that that's that one. Is, is that on the internet by chance? Because I would love to watch you slide an amplifier. Uh, I, 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 I'm pretty sure it is. I'll have to look. If it's not, I will put it up. But if it is, I'll make sure I can get it. You, you can you can see it somewhere. Oh, yeah. 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 Send that so, to me. That'll I'll use that post to announce yeah. that this episode is, is live. <laughs> Lovely. That'll be perfect. Lovely. Uh, we've gotten... Uh, Part of this with the, doing the scamp and trying to do this has been we've, we've gotten uh, we're going to phase out probably two of the bigger amplifier models that they just we don't well, they'll still be available if somebody wants to buy them but they're going to basically be custom order stuff all of our stuff over 50 watts is we're basically taking off the books uh, it, it's the era of anybody because we make a 300 watt guitar amp we make a 100 watt guitar amp 
nobody needs them. You know, so we're going to pull those out and we're going to try and bring in, uh, there's going to be, well, there's definitely going to be one smaller amp that's coming out because, uh, all right, well, I'll blow a little bit. So there's a company called Stumac. They're a luthier supply company. Yes. Uh, there's a gentleman that works there that I've known for quite a while. Uh, he hit me up and asked if we would make a satellite kit. So there's going to be a, a uh, kit amplifier that you can build yourself uh, that we've that I've designed uh, that will be available at Stumac sometime in the next probably month and a half, two months. Oh, man, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. it's a, it's. Uh, I don't remember. Did I ever tell you the story about the port wadi no, I don't think so. That does not ring any bells okay. at all. Okay, so uh, this is kind of how the Eradicator got put into production. Uh, years ago, the first Eradicator was done. It was plugged into the wall, big transformer, to get the right voltages. And that's why I never really pushed it. it you know, there's probably 50 of them floating around out there, but they were all custom-built you know, one-offs. Uh, and while we were experimenting with stuff... Uh, a gentleman that owns an electronic surplus store that was nearby said, did you ever try this thing over here? Talk to this guy. He makes these rad power supplies. I said, well, all right. Well, we went and looked at them, and uh, we actually figured out some things and customized them and used a pair of them, and we made a 20-watt battery-powered tube amp and called it the Port-A-Watt. Battery-powered? Okay. All right. Battery-powered. Five, five hours on a battery charge, and you get a 20-watt tube amp. That is awesome. So imagine that you can take... Yeah. So we were using uh, lithium polymer batteries, which is the same thing they use in remote control cars. And uh, I'm sure that anybody that uses these is going to figure out what the dilemma is. Because I didn't know this. Apparently, lithium polymer batteries have a tendency, when you charge them, to catch fire and explode. Oh, oh, that's a problem. That's a bit of an issue. Yeah. Mm. This is a problem. Yes. So... Uh, we had built two or three of them, and uh, I, I was over at my shop with a buddy of mine. It was late at night, probably about midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. We're shutting everything down, down downstairs. We've been playing with hi-fis and screwing around, and he looks at me. He's like, do you, do you smell that? I'm like, yeah, did we, did we blow something up? Did we burn up a resistor? Because resistors have this very smoky smell when they go bad, mm-hmm. when they go up in smoke. Uh, I'm like, no, that's not it. I'm like, all right. So we turn off the lights downstairs. We walk up the stairs, open the door upstairs, and it's filled with smoke, and my desk is on fire. <laughs> oh, no. Whoa. Yeah. So we had about three feet of flames coming off the top of the desk, and we put it out very quickly. Uh, you know, Five more minutes, and we probably wouldn't have a shop anymore. It probably would have been gone. Uh, so we shelved it. So the port wadi never came out uh, because that was – you know, you don't really want to have something that's going to catch everybody's houses on fire to be out there. I mean, uh, that's even the rest more. Of the amplifier worked fine. Okay. <laughs> other, yeah. other than that. So other than that, the amplifier worked great. Uh, if you rate it off a wall wart, it's delightful. So with the eradicator, we use that same power supply and run it off a wall wart, a nine volt wall wart. You can technically run off a nine volt battery. It will last you about an hour and a half, but a wall wart works great. Uh, one of the porta is still here. Uh, one of them I gave to uh, Jamie over at Earthquaker. So he's got the other one uh, and told him if they ever needed to do a battery-powered uh, pedal demo, there you go. As soon as you there said you that, I'll be honest, my my I don't know what kind of brain it is, the creator brain or whatever. I was like, oh, man, a battery-powered tube amp. 
That means I could take this thing like anywhere and film a demo like anywhere. Like that would be so fun. And now, now I'm thinking it'd be a lot, yeah. a lot less fun if I was on fire. Though. So. Well, that's why. Well, you're going to be okay in the long run. It's we have to get all the way through the story to get to the end of where we are. Oh, now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, so, keep going. So, 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 uh, when Eric Coleman over at Stumac hit me up, I, I, my brain instantly went, "Yeah, I'm, we're going to bring back the Portawati." So instead of using lithium polymer batteries, uh, it, the, 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 the kit itself comes ready to run off of a wall wart, regular nine volt, one spot kind of one thing. It's a little, uh, single ended five watt, you know, mercury magnetic output transformer, tube amplifier, 12 X seven, you know, six V six, basically like a, a, you know, a tweed Princeton kind of white amp, uh, you know, small amplifier setup. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to, uh, all these guys walking around with vape pens that really bug the crap out of me because I hate the smell of you know st- fake strawberry cheesecake as they're walking by or whatever it is that they're inhaling this time uh, has done a wonderful thing. They make little batteries to charge all those vape pens. Yes. Those batteries don't catch fire. Yeah, because they're in people's pockets so, most of the time. That'd be important. That would be very important. So four of those, those are... Th- uh, they're like 3.65 volt batteries. Four of those and a little battery pack. They're the size of AA batteries, but they they're almost four volts each. Wow! That gives you enough to run. The, that gives you enough to run the portawadi off of. So it is a reality. I can go back to dreaming about recording demos in canyons. It, it, you can do you can do that, and you get to put it together yourself. Well, that's the bad part because if I put it together, it's going to be a disaster. But. <laughs> But we've made this is this is an extremely uh, easy to put together. You know, I, I, I went at this. I, I've I've helped fix other people's kits that they've tried to put together. So I see what a lot of the dilemmas are. I see what the you know people not giving enough instructions or explanations as to what's going on. Uh, you know, a lot of times with you know people make circuit boards with the holes where stuff barely fits in it you know they don't explain what the stuff is they buy parts that all look the same it's this is going to be a very uh well done easy to do kit that uh we've we've got a couple of them that we've done and people are test building them and you know i'm giving them to people that have no idea what they're doing (laughs) uh as my testers to try and put them together so it's and so far we're having a zero failure rate so everybody is getting and making working stuff uh even it's it's not pretty solder work that's but that's perfectly fine it doesn't have to be so this is an interesting so it's, it's kind the, of sidebar i suppose since you've seen so many of these mishaps when people start getting into the diy electronic stuff uh, like are there some classic things that you see some classic user error like things when absolutely. people are doing what, what are they yeah oh yeah well one is that that uh depending on what kind of resistor you use, some of them, the colors look very much, very similar. So when most kits come, they have them either, you know, taped with, you know, what the value is or in separate bags or something. People mix them up all the time and put the wrong value in the wrong spot. Okay. Okay. And they don't understand. They don't understand how critical it is, especially in a solid state application, which is what most pedals are. Those are really critical to get things to work right. You know, uh, for instance, you know, a resistor that's doing a bias on a transistor, you know, you might have a half volt of a sway for, you know, the, the transistor to be operating. You know, and if you're 
outside of that, you know, from you know 3.8 to 4.2 volts, if you're outside of that range, that transistor doesn't work. So right away, if you've got the wrong resistor biasing that transistor, you'll never get the rest of it working. And you and trying to figure out what's wrong with that is extremely difficult to go backwards. So putting the right part in the right spot is number one. Number two is that people use too much solder. Really? Interesting. Uh, and, and, oh, yeah. Especially on, you know, uh, little radial caps where both legs fit through and they're very close together. A lot of times we find them where they're just soldered together in one blob. Uh, the other, the other thing that is unfortunate is, you know, I don't know if it's fear or if it's shoddy equipment, but uh, stuff that didn't use enough heat to solder it. That's the last thing I would say. Cold solder joints, uh, yeah. Cold, cold solder joints, and it's you know, if you're gonna solder something, you know, and you go to Home Depot to buy a soldering iron, and their options are a little tiny ten watt that won't do electronics worth of crap, uh, or you know, a big you know, eighty watt soldering gun that's made for stained glass windows or you know for plumbing uses you know it's not you need a good you know 25 or 30 watt iron you know, you're gonna have to spend you know 50 bucks on tools you know and if, if you don't and that you know it doesn't have to be that expensive but you know somewhere around that for a good soldering iron it will make your life so much easier to do anything i can agree with that you know, the, and i don't have nearly the experience you do but i did get a nice soldering iron off you know, out of the, out of the gate before I tried any soldering really. Right. Uh, well, any electronic right. soldering anyway. And, uh, I just got lucky cause you know, my friend Leon from Pelican noise Works was like, get this, get this one here. And I was like, oh, okay, right. sure. And it's been incredible. Yeah. It's a hell old or not old. It's a, I think it's, I think you say hacko or Hako. I'm not sure. Hacko. Yeah. yeah. I, I say Hako, but I don't know. It's Hakos are phenomenal. Uh, they're more, it used to be Weller was the go-to all the time. Heiko, I think makes a slightly better product for the money. Uh, but either one of those is, is great. Uh, Elenco makes one that was good. Uh, I haven't seen one of those in a while, uh, but they were kind of, uh, you know, in the same vein of, of, of Weller's, uh, you know, any of the more expensive stuff. I mean, if you want to spend the money, sure, but it's most people, you know, I, I tend to use wellers because that's what I've always used, and so it's a there's a familiarity to that. But it's a nice weller, you know, and it's uh, you know got a temperature control on it, and you know it's uh, you know keep your sponges wet, use you know water, don't use juice, soda, or whatever else. You know, <laughs> beer. It's uh, you know beer on there. beer, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, you see all kinds of stuff, and you know keep your tip clean, and you know uh, it's you know, try and give yourself a good workspace. What about solder choices? Uh, I mean, there, there's only a couple that are available. It's I, I like the, the the 6337 stuff that people do. Uh, you know, I think right now we've been on a Delta Kick, which is a company that makes solder, and it's fine. Uh, I, I don't, I haven't seen any that I find better than others. Uh, the one thing that, that if you are going to do a lot of stuff, especially if you're repairing friends gear or anything, is to be careful of anything that is lead-free solder because you basically need two soldering irons, one for lead and one for not lead because they do not mix well together. And if you put lead solder on not lead stuff, it won't stick ever. Oh, I didn't know that. That's good. That's good to know. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, I've got a whole separate. I actually have a separate desk together uh, for if I have to do lead-free solder stuff. Uh, I don't like doing lead-free solder, 
Nobody, I don't think anybody really likes doing no, it. No it's one harder does. to use. It's, it's, it's more finicky. Uh, you know, when they started making the laws about it, all the hospitals got allowances to still be able to use lead and solder because it's so much better for you. What, you know, for what their needs are. And if that's what the hospitals want to use, all right, I'm good with that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I'm sticking with lead. And, I, I don't, yeah. I don't plan on licking the insides of my amps and pedals. I do. I do like to look at right. them, but I don't plan on like, cutting myself and rubbing the lead into the wound or anything. But one of the other things that is that, yeah, you know, when you, when, when you are soldering with electronics, there's rosin inside of it, which rosin is what is called a flux. It's what helps the solder flow into the joint and basically work better. When you melt the solder, you get a little wisp of smoke. That smoke is not lead fumes. It's rosin fumes. Uh, I've had a couple of people talk to me about not wanting to get lead poisoning from the solder. Uh, you're not going to, uh, you know, if anytime you're handling any kind of lead, always wash your hands afterwards, but I shouldn't have to tell adults how to wash their hands. You shouldn't, but, but at the same time, we, we probably should. So two to three minutes, warm water. Uh, uh, oh, no. I, I, yeah. <laughs> okay. We won't go that way. I've, I've been to NAM many times and you, everybody gets the NAM thrax cause they don't wash their hands. Hand sanitizer, baby. I don't, I don't use it yeah. at anything else other than NAM. Uh, but there it's like, yeah. it's like body armor. You have to, you just have to. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh boy. Yeah, you, 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 you wake up in the morning, you take an airborne, you put your hand sanitizer in the back pocket and you try not to touch anybody. Mm-hmm. And if you do, and, and it's, yeah. It, uh, yeah, wipe, yeah, go clean yourself. And it, it's, it's, there's for people that have never been to Nam. I think last year was like 110,000 people. I don't even in know. A convention yeah, some, center. Something like that. Something crazy like that. Yeah, I think that was the official number from Nam. Was something? Some it was over a hundred thousand people, you know, in a, in one convention center, all trying to try gear. Yeah, all touching things. Everybody's touching everything. Yeah, from yeah, that are all there from all over the world. Everybody's rushing around. You know, it, it, there used to be a lot more drunken debauchery. There's not as many drunk people anymore at Nam, which is good. But I mean, it's still if you. If you go go to the events afterwards, see how the people are, you know, into the wee hours of the morning, and you know, realize that Saturday morning most of these guys haven't gotten uh, maybe six hours of sleep in the last three days because you know, <laughs> it's you know they're constantly going and partying, and this is their moment to shine. And then, yeah, thanks. I don't want to be sick, but good times. Good, 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 good yeah. times. Yeah, I uh, yeah, yeah, it's, I've noticed a weird trend, and it's not weird actually; it's a good thing. But um, I was just talking about this with my dad. So, Nam is a good example. And then we we just went to the uh, NHRA Top Fuel Drags here last weekend, which was I, I saw eleven thousand horsepower. Oh baby, it's so so incredible. But I hadn't been there since I was a kid, and that's one thing I told told my dad I was like, you know what? There's way less drunk people here than there was when I was a kid. And Nam, yeah. like you said, has changed a lot. Like I think people, I think people just have realized that being drunk isn't isn't that great <laughs> all the time in every public, uh, pop, every single public venue. Doesn't you don't need to be hammered? I don't know what it is. I've just seen less drunk people in public places as I've gotten older. That that I think a lot of times, at least for Nam, because so it's supposed to be industry only, and everybody's got a name tag on. So you're not anonymous. So, you know, when people find out that their employees are acting that way, you, you put a stop to it. Oh, that's a good point. 
you know, I, I've I've heard a story many times over about mid '80s Nam, uh, and I think my first one I went to was 1988, so it was you know, probably in that same era. I did not personally witness this, uh, but you know, there was definitely drugs and uh, favors being passed around towards people buying big orders from companies. Ooh. I'm glad I wasn't, so, I'm glad I wasn't know, there that, during that era. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know, one of the big highlights is again, if you go to Nam enough times used to be the Dean girls. Oh yes. Mm -hmm. That's yes. Mm -hmm. I see. Oh, Oh, I'm drawing some, some, some lines uh, here. They're not just booth babes. That's what you're people trying to can, say. Pe pe people can, I am, I'm trying to say that the way the story goes. And again, to protect myself from any kind of liability. This is just a story that I did not personally witness. I have just had numerous people tell me this and that were firsthand accounts of it. I see. Yes. If you went in and you were an A dealer, which uh, you know they have, when you buy stuff from, from companies, they big companies, they have a, a dealer, B dealer, C dealer. That is basically how many products you're buying for your store for the next six months. So, you know, for instance, if you want to be a Fender custom shop dealer, you have to be an A dealer, which means you have to sell, you know, 250 squires, you know, you know, uh, you know, a hundred, you know, Fender labeled made in America, you know, and then you can get into the, you know, you know, X amount of custom shop stuff. So the way the store used to go is that, you know, if you were an A, if you were the guy making the deal for the store and became an A dealer, you know, you got a little bump of cocaine, you got yourself whatever drink you wanted and you had a choice of the girls. Wow. My, how the times have changed. <laughs> yeah. They, they have changed quite well. I don't know. I've never bought anything from Dean directly. Well, that's true. Neither have I. So <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I don't believe that actually happens anymore, but, uh, I, I do know that, that when uh, the first time we exhibited Nam was, I think, 2007 or eight, something like that. Uh, you know, when, as soon as you sign up for the Nam thing and say, yes, I'm going to do it, they put you on all kinds of mailing lists. So you get all kinds of weird emails of, you know, what do you need for your booth? You know, we have plants. We have TVs. We have chairs. And one of them is, you know, do you need any, you know, info, info girls, as they were called at the time, of, you know, do you want women to dress nicely in outfits you can pick out to hand out your literature? And I was like, uh, I'd feel bad doing that. Right. <laughs> Not really. But, yeah. Uh, I, I don't really want to do I, that. I want, pe I want people that have, I don't really want to do that. And I hope that anybody that's there passing out my info can answer any questions that people would have. It seems you like know, I don't want a, somebody there just to hand out paper. It seems like such a, a strange, I mean, uh, it's, I guess it's not that antiquated because it definitely still happens, but it seems like such a strange concept that seems to be dying, not just in our industry, but kind of across, across multiple industries where it doesn't make any sense. I think that's, I, I, I think that's good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, I think I, I, you know, it's, uh, I, I've, I've got two daughters and a son, you know, my daughters are eight and 10 and, you know, I want them to be considered as equals and not as, you know pretty bodies and outfits that are there to try and get somebody excited to try a product. It's, it's also you counterintuitive know? too, to like what actually goes into the decision-making behind for a consumer anyway, behind like what product to buy. They don't care what kind of booth girls were right. there. They, they don't No, not at all. They shouldn't. If that's why you're buying stuff, it's for the absolute wrong reason. I would agree with that. Yeah. We have, uh, uh, 
we don't do that many ads. We used to do some print ads every once in a while. Uh, we have always tried to make it about the products, not about who plays them, uh, even not of, you know, it, it's, you know, I don't think I ever ran a Walter Becker ad. I should have, you know, I suppose I probably still could, but you know, I don't even know that print ads do anything anymore. Oh, let's talk about uh, that off the air. That's my, <laughs> Ooh boy. We can, I can rant on that all day long. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I remember talking to the guys at Orange, uh, two of the guys that, that were the head of marketing over at Orange were going to go rogue and go independent. And so they were hitting up a bunch of smaller companies to see if they could drum up business. And uh, I said, well, you know, what kind of, just out of curiosity, like how many print ads does Orange do every year? And they said, one. Mm -hmm. I said, I said, really? He said, yeah. You know why? Because it's almost free because we don't get anything back on our print ads anymore. I said, good, that makes me feel great about my print ads. <laughs> I think yeah, that print ads, print ads are, are dead or, and or dying in the age of, of digital media. And that's because, you know, I mean, honestly, not to toot the horn here, but platforms like this one now can, like, yeah. I have capabilities that didn't exist before. Like, I could give you know, orange, come on, orange, are you listening to this? Uh, I could give orange right, right. all the data. Like, yes, your episode was downloaded exactly, you know, 947 times. Uh, and, and the ad right. spot is at this minute mark. So it's all, you know, almost guaranteed that that many people heard it, you know, type of thing. You know, Absolutely. And so it's, that, it's, that, that's, it's just a funny thing. Like print ads are such a, there's such a thing in this business. Then they're not as much of a thing in other industries anymore, which is crazy. Right. Well, it's, uh, I used to read magazines and now I rarely do. I just look this stuff up online on an iPad or a phone, you know, and it's, but I, I will say that the, the digital demographics of what I get are much better response to what I ever got from a magazine telling me how well my ad did. Interesting. You know, it's, I know if I, if, if I'm going to ruin something for a lot of people, but social media is not real. What? Hold on. Uh, Wait a minute. Sorry about what? that. I know, I know, I know. You mean to tell me that people only post their best stuff on there and they don't actually, like, they don't post, put real life on there? Huh. Yeah, I know, I know. <sighs> Sorry, it's true. I, I will occasionally get messages from people that are upset because they will see me post something and I might be completely out of town and they'll, I will post a picture from my shop and why aren't you there? It's, you're posting that. Is it's a picture I took three months ago, and I've been waiting because in, in case I need a picture to post. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's there's a lot of it that that's thought out. You know, we get our if you have your Facebook account and you're a business and it's linked to your Instagram account, you get all your demographics. You know, I can tell you what my best picture was in the last two years as far as how many views, how many comments, how many likes, how many people shared it to other people. I can also see which one was the worst and everything in between. I know what time people look at my stuff. I know what time, you know, in what countries people are looking at my stuff. I know that most of the people in this country are, they look at my Instagram during their lunch, Monday through Friday. Yep. Same here. And, and honestly, lunch, I think lunch hour, yeah. I think that's becoming more and more apparent yeah. because, because it's not just businesses that have that access anymore. A lot of creatives do too. And so, and now, yeah. and, and there's, you know, there's obviously a lot more people, putting out content and, and creatives type stuff than there are businesses making things. And now that all those people right. have all the same numbers, they can see what, you know, what everybody's been seeing for so long. I just think it's becoming very commonplace. Uh, but I think one thing to, right. that's worth noting that everybody freaks out about 
is that these companies are quote unquote selling your data, right? Do you know any of the names? Right. Personally, because I, cer- I certainly don't. Uh, well, <laughs> so um, yes and no. So to me, uh, I, I've I have a friend who is very against technology. He keeps tape over the front camera of his phone so that nobody can watch him. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. This is advertising. This is not what what Facebook is being accused of, and Google and everybody else is doing is not anything new. You know, you know, anytime that we, you know, everybody uses one of those little club cards at, you know, their grocery stores or at CVS or whatever to get their discount. You're telling those people what you're buying. Yep. You're doing the same thing. You know, you, the other thing that a lot of people don't get and is if you're on a public Wi-Fi somewhere, if you walk into let's say you walk into a Walmart and you get on the Walmart Wi-Fi, they're not giving that to you as a service because they want you to be able to surf the web. They're watching where you go and watching where you go in that store, and they can have information to know where you went and what you bought because you're going to go to the checkout and they know when you did it. They don't know specifically that it's you, but they know that customer 158 for today went in and bought diapers, motor oil, and chewing tobacco and checked out at aisle five, (laughs) paid in cash. Exactly. You know, and they, but. But they also know if you slow down and you look at something that doesn't fit in with that of what you're usually buying, and they can find out if you're buying impulse purchases. They arrange the stores like this. IKEA is set out purposely to slow you down to get you to buy extra things. Everywhere we go, and this is this this this, this might be a whole other long conversation, but what I do, I don't run a business. Okay. The purpose of business is to sell things, is to make money. That's it. It's not anything else. The purpose of Facebook is not for us to be able to talk to our friends. It's to make money. The purpose of Google is not to be able to look stuff up on the internet. It's to make money. But if you're doing, if they're doing anything outside of that, that's great if they find some humanitarian cause and they do these things to make themselves look good. But if it was bad for their bottom dollar, they wouldn't do it. 100%. As soon as you step out of that, and, you know, it's, you know, I know you don't do the tone mob for money and it's not an income, but if it was something that you do it because you feel passionate about why you're doing it, as soon as you were to start doing it to try and make income and make a living off of it as a pure thing, then you have to bow to your advertisers and you have to figure out how to make that money and you have to go to the best amount of money for you to be able to do it. And if you were doing that, I wouldn't be the person you would be talking to. <laughs> and I have no problem with that. I'm just using it as an example, of course. I was, you know, it's we still have friends, and there are small instances here and there of things that happen like that. But you know, Marshall doesn't care that they don't make a JTM 45 correctly. Right. They will never care about that. No. They care about what they can get you to buy. Same with Fender. They're a business. Same with Gibson. All this stuff about Gibson, and you know, this there's a whole other hour of conversation. Yeah, we- <laughs> the video that Mark Agnassi put up of you know we're going to sue everybody. Blah blah blah. You know, it's, they're doing this because they're trying, they're a business to make money. They don't give a crap about the Les Paul legacy. They did not, you know, they're not doing anything other than does this make us money? Mm -hmm. You know, what I do and what a lot of small builders do, uh, you know, Chris Benson, uh, uh, you know, Doug Cower, uh, my friend Sam over at Cardinal, uh, Matt Emptone, Sal Cole, you know, the, the list goes on of all of these friends of mine, and not just because they're friends of mine. These are small guys. They're artists. They're not businessmen. 
if we're if we were businessmen, we'd be doing we're doing this in the, absolutely the worst possible way to do it. Yeah, you know, yeah. we're doing things because we're compelled to do it. You know, those guys that are you know pushing eleven thousand horsepower at the the drag strips, they're doing it because they're compelled to do it. You know, Ford doesn't make any money off of them. They're not getting it. There's nobody's going to buy a you know a dragster because of it. You know, but those guys have to do it. They can't not do it. And that's the way I am. And that's the way all these guys are. You know, when I see the people that are complaining about social media or, or anybody you know, stealing their information, uh, yeah, that's business. You know, it used to be the penny saver or the flyers that would come in the mail. You know, everything, you know, is you, you'd buy something, they'd sell your list. You know? I, I, Every time you move houses and change your address, the U.S. Postal Service sells your address to a mailing list. Oh, 100%. Of course they do. Or something you know, all of a sudden you get all these, uh, that you're getting yeah, these. You're not getting yeah. coupons because of for no reason. Somebody got that somewhere, right? Somebody paid that to try and convince you to come in and spend your money in their shop, and they will make money with that coupon and everything. They figured it out. Yeah, Black Friday, same thing. Amazon Day, Pi Day, whatever it is, it's all the same thing. One thing I like to tell people about when they talk about the social stuff. Now, I obviously pay attention very closely to what all these big social companies are doing. Cause that's how I make money. Uh, but right. But one thing I like to tell people about this is like, this shouldn't be surprising to you. I wasn't on social media for a really, really long time while everyone else was. And people looked at me like I was a dinosaur because I knew if you, if, if the service is free and it's always free and it's always going to be free, you are the product that's for sale 100%. Absolutely. And and I've known that for a long time and that's not shouldn't be news to anyone. Why is television free? Like like air on air television. Why is it free? Why was it always free? <laughs> it's, you know. It's advertising. Advertising it's the stuff that and yeah. It's, and you are absolutely positive that they know exactly what advertisements are being watched and they have since the advent of the commercial. Yes. This is old. This is this is old stuff. It's as old as modern media. Like really, as, like as soon as it we is. started it consuming was. things in mass, people figured out, you know, how to get people to buy things, or at least how to make them aware right. of things to buy. They maybe didn't have the effective conversion rate strategies and things that we might have now, but they they knew what they were doing, and we should know as consumers what they're doing. People should be informed of that so they can know when they're being influenced uh, or at least know what's happening. I think it's good that consumers are more aware of this stuff, even as a guy who does advertising Absolutely. for a living. So, Absolutely. But but that's what well, that's what pays for everything. There is nothing in this world that's free. The internet is not free. It's never going to be. There's too much stuff going on that costs money that somebody has to pay for. It's true. I mean... Somebody somewhere... It's... It, it's you know... Same with you know the water in your house, the power that you get. You know, it, it's you know, solar panels are great. Yeah, you're you know you're still paying somebody to lease them or to install them and to do all this stuff. There's always somebody that's somehow getting effort gets out that has to be compensated for, has to be paid for no matter what. And you know, there's never going to be a time where we can't do that in the society that we have. Right. In in the quote unquote Western world in general, it's it's all about. I mean, let's be honest, nobody or very few people just get up and go to work to do the, you know, to dig ditches or to, you know, re-roof a house right. or to plumb a place. They don't do that because they're they're driven to do it. They do it because no. that job pays well. 
and somebody, you know, somebody's going to pay me to go do that. Otherwise, nobody would do it. That's, yeah, plumbing is awful. I, I hate everything about it. And that's why plum, plumbers but, make but, decent money. <laughs> so. That's what, yeah, that's why when it's time, it's time of, well, you want to dig around in your own pipes or you want somebody else to that knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have the guy that knows what he's doing with the tools and doesn't mind getting dirty. And yeah, he's going to get paid handsomely for it, as he should. Exactly. And it works yeah. that way yeah, everywhere. It absolutely does. You know, and it's, uh, I'm surprised there are not more rogue kids running around, you know, stores knowing this to try and fake the advertisers out. But, you know, it's, I'm sure that even us talking right now is, you know, we're going to get some kind of, I'm probably going to get a Walmart ad on Instagram when I look later. <laughs> you know, <it's, laughs> almost certainly. Almost, almost guaranteed we're going to get some sort of thing that we never decided to talk about. But, uh, or, you know. Never decided to look up, rather, but we talked about it, and now I got the, I got hit with that from a funeral home the other day. I talked about somebody else's oh, yeah. funeral. I did not Google a funeral. I did not say anything, but something about somebody's funeral to my wife. Opened Facebook, first ad I saw: so and so's funeral home for all your needs, you know, your loved ones, and blah 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 blah. I'm like, this is crazy. Like, there's that's not coincidence yeah. at this point. Like, why would I have looked up a funeral home? Nobody died. Oh, we've had it, I've had it happen yeah, so many times I'm not even shocked by it anymore. No. But but I also it's I, I don't feel like we're in a society that is your your privacy isn't something that you have. You think there's an illusion of it, but it's not what people think it is. You know, people the, the, there's the, the people that are against all this of you know the privacy advocates, I get it. I understand what they're saying. We don't have any privacy. There is there's nothing here that is uh, sacred and, and keeping us you know uh, out of the eye of anything else all of our information is digi- digitized and is stored somewhere and if it's stored somewhere and one person can get to it everybody can mm-hmm. yeah that's that's kind of the I way there was a oh go ahead go ahead it, so a couple uh, i don't know it's probably about a year and a half ago there's a big password leak blah 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 a lot of it was was minor things uh and a couple of big banks uh, I got an email from uh, Reverb saying that you have to change your password because it was, you know, it got out in this password thing from somebody else's thing. We, we cross-checked that, that password of yours to ours that we have on file for you. So that means that they don't encrypt their passwords and they went in and they look at my account. Mm-hmm. I wasn't that shocked about it, but there were other people that were like, oh my God, they looked at my stuff. Like, yeah, and right. You know, it's when when you go into Target and you swipe your card. Do you think they erase that information? They should, but they don't. Of course, they don't because they use it for their they use it for their demographics, which is why then there's this giant data breach of all the credit cards that got stolen from Target. Target shouldn't have had it, Mm -hmm. but they do. But they do, and And why? And there's guess what? I was gonna say the only way that you're gonna get around that wads of cash. Wads of cash and Big Brother stepping in and telling you that you're going to. But by the way, right. we still want that information, but we don't want you to have it. Of to course, <laughs> right? <laughs> this has really turned into a weird analysis of capitalism and advertising into twenty in 2019, which I didn't expect. But then again, yeah, maybe just, I should have. I I don't know where these conversations go. I like when they're much more like this, where it's a free form rather than you're reading off a set number of cards of. What does an EL34 tube sound like? I mean, I just, I try to make 
I try to make this show as much as I mean, minus me being the host. I wish there was a different host, but I try to make it. <laughs> I try to make it something I would want to listen to. Most of the shows I listen to are very conversation driven, and it's more fun for me that Yo, way. So, that's- I, I was actually thinking about this uh, between our, our initial contact earlier today and complaints of FedEx, and on my way over to the shop. Uh, I'm sorry, everybody. We did talk before we had this conversation <laughs> that's being recorded, but it was only for like three minutes um, since I'm ruining everybody's delusions here of the internet. Uh, I actually thought about this as like, how come no one's ever interviewed you? Uh, when, when's the reverse tone mob? Well, so I actually think that that it did happen, um, but it happened. Okay. It happened. Maybe uh, I missed it then. It was, it was a long time ago. It happened uh, uh, probably too early. Uh, Michael James Adams, uh, who's on Instagram, is at Pusheen. Uh, He interviewed me on episode... Yeah, 30-something? 30... uh, Mid-30s somewhere, I think. Um, But really, I feel like it it would be more applicable now, because at that point, nothing had really changed. I was... I was still just talking to people on the internet like I'm doing now, but I was still at my old job. I wasn't working with anybody. I wasn't, quote-unquote, technically in the business, you know, as I am now. Right, right. And and so, really, there wasn't that much to say, I, I, I feel like. Now now there would be more to say. So maybe that needs revisited. I'm not sure. I still don't feel that interesting, well, though. Get, get Mike off his butt and have him do it again, because... You know, he's writing more and he's doing fretboard journaly stuff. That's true. He is. He's been up. He's act. We're actually we are, uh, you know, kind of the kind of like you and I like we're we're talking about doing it again. So we're we'll that will probably happen. Whether it, who's interviewing who is as, as anyone's guess at this point. But uh, you're right. I should get him back. Well, get I, him going I, again. I, 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 I'm, I, I'm going to throw out there that, that maybe we should take a little user poll on the Facebook of what questions people want to ask of you in your interview. <laughs> We'll give it a try. We'll see. I feel like I'm I've spilled my guts so often. There's not that much more to tell, but we could find out. Uh, I'm sure we can come up with some stuff, and I'm sure Mike Mike can dig quite well. It's true. He's really good. I at love it. Mike. He's, he Mike Mike's a great guy. He, he's really he is really good at it. So he's a he does come and visit because he's uh, he's probably about an hour and fifteen minutes away from my shop where he lives, and so he comes down occasionally and hangs out. We have we have a good old time. We like hanging out. We like visitors. Come visit me. Come visit. Keep me from being lonely. Come visit the Everybody, shop. come visit whenever you want. <laughs> we'll do lunch. It'll be great. Sweet coffee. Please, please, we'll play please we'll visit. talk about people. Anybody? Yeah, please visit. Come. Come to me. I'm ready for lunch now, and nobody's here to take me to lunch. I wish I was there to take you to lunch. I'm ready for lunch now, too. That sounds great. You know what? Maybe that's a good time to uh, go get lunch then. I think it is. We're right at the we're right at that mark. So great talking to you again. Are. This is fan- fantastic. It's always so good to talk to you. It's, it's always a pleasure. I hope that it was uh, uh, entertaining for the people listening. I didn't ramble too much about my dystopian future. Oh, um, you know, everyone's just going to be looking world. over their shoulder for the rest of the day. That's all. <laughs> you got anything you want to plug before we sign off here? <laughs> eh, you know. Go do something nice for somebody. That's all I care about. I like that. You know, all my products are out there. They're coming out. They come out when we want. I think I already talked about the new stuff. You know, it's uh, try and smile a little bit more and occasionally take a day off. Good plan. I like it. I couldn't have said it yeah. better myself. Yeah. 
All right, everybody. Well, have a wonderful day, and I'll talk to you very soon. Sounds good. For Adam, this is Blake, and as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right, there we have it. Another episode in the can. And if that is your bag and you need more of that in your life, make sure you check out Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash tonemob, you can see a couple different levels there. But starting at $5 a month, you get extra episodes every week, and they can be extra conversations like this one. They can be me and my good friend Justin Porter sitting around and, you know, trying to solve the mysteries of life and guitar pedals. Or it could be me demoing some random pieces of gear, which I've done on occasion. So if you go over there, you can go check out patreon.com slash tonemob, and you can see all the deets there. Okay, thank you very much. I'll talk to you next week. I've got some more good stuff for you and some more really cool guests lined up. So stay tuned, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye, folks. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.